filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin. It is the playoffs, NFL style. It's 10.30 on the East Coast, and I'm doing this on a weekday, which must mean it's 7.30 on the West Coast. From Man Cook Good, the founder and CEO, Jeremy Johnson. What's up, baby? How you doing, Gav? Nice to be here. Thanks for waiting for me. Absolutely. Wouldn't, wouldn't miss doing a little... Anytime there's a major sporting event that involves single elimination, if we can tie it to food and being full and satiated, if you will, during the game from Man Cook Good's own Jeremy Johnson. We're going to stay up late if we have to, buddy. So thanks for putting some stuff together. Um, what we're going to do today, folks, we've just kind of briefly alluded to it, but we're not going to do what we do during the NCAA tournament, which is JJ will pick NCAA games based on who is the better cuisine in their region, state, town, whatever. This is going to be more, and I'll let him explain it, of an homage to everybody's coming over for the football game you're in Jacksonville or you're in Minnesota or you're wherever in New Orleans and you want to make something that's both tasty and topical, but you don't want to spend the whole game slaving over the stove. Uh, does that kind of sum it up, JJ, in terms of what we're trying to accomplish here today? Well, more or less, you know, like there's a lot of people that they like to entertain and one of the things about uh, um, entertaining or enjoying preparing food is you need people to do it and you need an event to have everybody come over. And so you get excited and you come up with all these great ideas for the food you're going to make. And then everyone comes over and they hang out and watch the game and you make food. And then you barely watch the game and you barely hang out with the people that you invited over. So this is about like a mentality of like how to choose your food, how to choose your techniques so that you can actually enjoy the football game and the people that you've invited over and also have delicious food. And, Personally, that took me a while to get to because, you know, I was when I started cooking a lot, I was really excited to share some inspiration and ideas I had with my friends sure. and others. And, and next thing you know, I'm like, I'm watching the game like in the reflection of the painting on the wall across the TV. You know, like I, that's not acceptable for a playoff game, especially if you're rooting for your your team. Yeah, it's one thing. It's one thing to be kind of. We've all either hosted or been to Super Bowl parties in which we really didn't care what happened. And that's fine if you want to slave away on the stove. But if one of your teams is playing, for gosh sakes, you don't, you don't want to be watching it backwards in a mirror or, 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 or a picture frame, you know? So good. F- or running in every time the announcer's voice gets excited. or You know, like, that, that's no way to watch your team play a playoff game. Especially in the day of DVR and everything else, you really shouldn't have to miss a thing, you know? Uh to quote the, the great Steven Tyler, the formerly great Steven Tyler, I don't want to miss a thing. Armageddon yeah, theme song. Thank you for throwing it formerly great. Hey, I'm going to keep it real, <laughs> you know? Speaking he of, looks like, he yeah. looks like uh, you know, his own aunt at this point. That's a hot, whoa, 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 that's a hot take. Steven Tyler looks like his own aunt, or an aunt, for those of you who don't say aunt. aunt. You know, because like, there's like 15 people being like, what's an aunt? That's my aunt Steve. <laughs> Keeping it real, Phil Buster Freestyle. By the way, I want to give it up, JJ, to uh, a couple of the cities listening because we've got a place this week in the great nation slash island slash continent of Australia called Toon Gabby, Australia. 
Somebody wow. in Toon Gabby, Australia listened to the freestyle last week. Welcome to the party, folks, in Toon Gabby. Wow. I also want to How give it up. How did that even happen, Gavin? I, I don't know, because frankly, you know, they're, they're waking up and we're going to bed. It's the next day there when it's today here. I mean, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, as Bill Murray would, would say, Peter Venkman, actually, in Ghostbusters. But Toon Gabby, Australia, welcome to the party, pal, to quote Bruce Willis. I'm quoting everybody tonight. Uh, also want to give it up to Mataram, Indonesia, and Londrina, Brazil. And not to be outdone, Pazin or Pazin, Croatia, and Kursko, Slovenia. Guys, thanks for listening to the Filibuster Freestyle. We love you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Also, Melbourne, Australia, home of the uh, Australian Open, U.S. Uh, sorry, well, the, not the U.S. Open, the, the first major of the season for tennis. So anyway, we've covered all that. Final shout-out to Tegu, oh wow, Tegu Sigapla, Honduras. You're the last winner. It's on The Price is Right. Thanks for listening to the Freestyle, filibusterfreestyle.com. We're also coming to you guys tonight, first time ever, on the Yeti mic, uh, the blue Yeti mic, and we're hoping the levels are good, and we're going to find out the hard way later, but we're trying our hardest and uh, hoping to bring it to the next level. JJ first told me to get a microphone in 2016, and I, I took his advice 24 months later. So You're right on You're right on schedule for how things get done, I think. This is about right. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good segue back to what you're doing because like you, you alluded to, JJ, it took you a while to figure out how to host a party, watch the game, and make some good food. So why don't we just start with the first game that I know you have listed, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Steelers of Pittsburgh. Tell us what you're making. Tell us how you're doing it. Tell us what you're thinking. Well, you know, I mean, here's my idea for Jacksonville. They're in Florida, so you can basically throw anything that's um, seafood or warm seafood uh, water at them. Here's the idea. Do baked shell on shrimp, okay? Now, the thing with that is, like, you can put it on a roasting pan, you can, you can toss it in butter and olive oil and garlic and, and and throw it on a roasting pan and cook it at like 400, 425 for like five or six minutes. And then you take it out and you flip it over and you put it in for another three or four minutes. You get the, the tips of the shells get a little crunchy and the, uh, the shrimp get cooked through. And you don't have to like stand over a saute pan or really do anything except for scrape it off of the uh, sheet pan into like a bowl for presentation. And maybe pour out some cocktail sauce. Presentation. <clears throat> Instead of buying like the wheel of like mini sickly shrimp from you know from Shaw's or Costco or whatever, <laughs> that have not been debanged. Buy some shrimp on some some shell on shrimp, some big prawns if you will, if you're still talking Australian Open, and bake them in a single layer in a baking chute. You don't want to put them in a big pile because then they'll start to steam each other. And you won't get that nice dry roasting, like uh, crispy and caramelization that you are kind of looking for. But flavor it heavily with lemon and garlic, and don't forget your fats. A little olive oil, a little bit of butter will go a long way. And um, now you've got something you can actually say is Jacksonville related. Go Jaguars! By the way, what what did you make as a food aficionado of the um, the teal uh, colored hamburger buns, the teal colored beer? The teal everything that the Jaguars did last week as a kind of a gimmick for being back in the playoffs. It's just so damn foul, Gavin. I mean, like, <laughs> I can't even really get into the green beer on St. Patrick's Day. 
it's just it's all artificial food coloring you know like that's gonna change your excrement true story we, we I can vouch for it <laughs> not not teal I can only assume just green though uh, right well listen we've all eaten beets and uh, that's what's nature's food coloring right there my friend it sure is isn't it speaking of beets uh, and hopefully teams that may or may not get beat at least if not this week next if you're on the Pittsburgh side of the ledger what are you making do you really think that Jacksonville can beat Pittsburgh? No, I was actually hoping that the Patriots do, if, assuming the Patriots can get that far. Which is a whole other conversation, but like, I, I feel like Pittsburgh's always got like, the two most talented guys on the field. Yes, sir. And, but they're, they're stupid, so they're inconsistent. You know, I don't mean those individuals are stupid. The Steelers the as an organization. The organization is stupid. No question. And um, so they're inconsistent. They can put up 50 one week and then, you know, Big Ben can throw five interceptions, two for pick sixes the next week, which is what happened last time he played Jacksonville. But they're just such a fascinating case, you know, um, that team, because they are so talented. I mean, Brown and Bell are just, like, incredible players, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know you had at least one of them on your fantasy team this year in the league that we're in together, and uh, he came in handy. Oh, man. Yeah, until the championship, and then he got hurt but that's all right such is life yeah so the thing with pittsburgh is like apparently and i did a little research i don't know a lot about pittsburgh i'm not gonna lie i've never been there i've seen on tv mostly from overhead shots of stadiums you know but um of course they got the big like you know polish influence and eastern european influence yep from when immigration was like cool and <laughs> also, a, also a podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last time you had me doing that, I was like, you know, spitting into the mic. So. Yeah. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, do you see how much different Jeremy is about talking about food than politics? It's entertaining either way, but it's a different guy, you know. It's a little different experience, you know. Um, <laughs> but like, what, what's more Polish than pierogies? You know, and Nothing. what's more of a pain in the butt to make than pierogies? You're gonna make pierogies from scratch. You better like have a strong family heritage connection to it. So don't make pierogies. This is trick number two in your, if you're keeping track at home, pointers, life pro tips on making food for a football game. Don't make it at all. Buy it. (laughs) Call a Polish restaurant in your, in your neighborhood or in your, in your city or find like an Eastern European supermarket and go and buy pierogies and saute them in butter and lay them all on a big platter and everyone will eat the crap out of them. Get potato and cheese pierogies and saute them in butter. And if you're feeling fancy, brown that butter a little bit and lay it out and people are going to eat it up. And how much That's time? A literal statement. Eat it up, baby. Hey, how much? Hashtag eat it up. Hashtag filibuster freestyle. Hashtag min tag. Min cook good for God's sakes. Uh, how, how how do you feel about this game? By while I have you on this subject, you going Pittsburgh easily on this one? Well, Pittsburgh's at home. Blake Bortles is terrible. Can Blake Bortles play like you know um, you know Kyle Bowler, or can he play like Trent Dilfer? Right. Is the Jacksonville defense really that good, or are they just playing like their hair's on fire? And you know they haven't really been studied by an offensive coordinator or head coach. Quite like you get studied coming off of a bye week correct? in a playoff game. We don't know any of these things because we probably have watched 
conservatively, no, let's go radical. I'd say a total between us of like two and a half quarters of a Jacksonville game all year. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for last week's playoff game, I, I would have probably seen 0.0% of their games. I know what the people on TV say, but those people are idiots. <laughs> so who am I supposed to believe? You know what, though? The, the guys... But I don't have the time to sit down. I tried to get into the running game, special teams, and defense kind of old-school football right. challenge with the Buffalo-Jacksonville game, and I literally fell asleep. If I hadn't been killing time before going to a concert, I wouldn't have watched much either. Uh, yeah, the best part is those guys on TV, they're, they're, they're the kind of guys that would make the pierogies from scratch for no reason. Hey, make pierogies from scratch. Like If you're feeling like that's something you can do, great. But yeah, but not know, when like you're hosting Pittsburgh the party. Because you're not going to watch any of the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you buy the frozen ones, you boil them up a little bit, you throw them in a pan with some butter, and... You're gonna make pierogies, and then you pull. Then you pull your uh, while you're you sauteing your things. You got your shrimp in the oven, and you take that out, and you got two separate platters, and you lay them all out on the coffee table, and you say, "Bam!" And you crack open a you crack Pittsburgh, open a Jacksonville. We're done eating. I'm done cooking food. I can sit down and watch this like half boring game. Yeah, and the best part is if if you're bored, you you know you can go in and fire up some more pierogies. Sure, and if you're smart, if you're going through all the effort to go and buy pierogies from a Polish restaurant or a Polish uh, supermarket, buy a double batch and make them, you know, when you can actually sit down and enjoy them all instead of have to share them with all your freeloading friends. Freaking freeloaders. Speaking of freeloaders, let's talk another game. Let's talk about a guy who threw a touchdown pass to himself last week, Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. They're playing our New England Patriots. We are biased on this one. Um, I'm sure you'll have some good selections from the great region of New England, but what do you got from from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, for for the, for the party? Well, Tennessee is a fa- you know Tennessee is a fascinating place for food. Yeah, and you know Nashville specifically has got a lot coming out of it. But right now, the the hottest thing going out of Nashville. Is hot chicken. Yes. It's fried chicken. It's got a bleep load of cayenne pepper in it. The spicier, the better. But, you know, and this is and literally not to be an old fart, but an old fart. This is, what, this is what all the kids are into. The super spicy stuff. So it's like completely lining up with like a cultural, historical uh, food item. Okay. With like, I mean, kids are getting like Cheetos, hot fries banned from school because like they're all eating them like we used to drink soda to get high yeah. before we're old enough to like you know start experimenting with more illicit substances correct so we're sucking down sugar and the kids now are going after like capsaicin and lays and all these companies are just dumping it on them because it's you know legal and they're eating it up they're all addicted to it so nashville chicken's out it's it's hit la whoa 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 whoa, whoa. you just totally schooled me on something i have no idea what's going on on can you give me like a a minute or less on what what's capsaicin well, capsaicin is the is the um the chemical uh part of uh like peppers okay that is spicy capsaicin is what is in pepper spray okay capsaicin is like what they measure when they're saying this is the hottest pepper or this is the hottest pepper okay and so now, there are other things that are spicy like horseradish for instance yep it's not using capsaicin so like a habanero 
is different than wasabi. Yeah, okay. But habaneros, jalapenos, ghost chilies, everything else, it's all got capsaicin in it and various levels of it. Even bell peppers have capsaicin. And so kids are getting small amount. Kids are getting addicted to this feeling well, of being like addicted's a kind of a strong word in a country facing an opiate epidemic. Correct, okay. I'm but, just trying to understand, uh, yeah. Kids love. It started with uh, with uh, extra hot Cheetos. Or what are they called? They got like a. They got much cooler. Yeah, I, I know them because if you if you guys recall from my Instagram feed, I may or may not have bought myself a bag of those in Las Vegas back in October and, and grammed them in the morning in shame. So yeah, I'm familiar. Do you know how many people are like so happy with that callback reference that have just been following your life like intently, and they're like, I knew that. I saw that. That's when you went to Vegas and lost all that money. Yeah. I can't believe he referenced that. The good, By the way, what's your Instagram handle again? At uh, Gavin.filibuster.v, and the V is in Victor. That totally rolls off the tongue. That's really easy, I think. People are going to remember that. Well, well, we'll get a change one day. We might even make it to <laughs> It took me two years to get a microphone, JJ. Let's not hold out hope. <laughs> 2020 is a big year. All right, so you're going hot chicken, brother. I like it. Anything else from hot the- chicken? But you can't like. I mean, like again, like 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 fried chicken. If you make fried chicken, if your grandmother made fried chicken, if if you grew up in a fried chicken part of the country, right. making fried chicken's not that big of a deal, okay? But if you've never fried chicken before, and now suddenly you're going to crank out Nashville hot chicken for all your party guests. You're going to be sweating in the kitchen. You're going to be like trying to, you know, oh, I got to get a, a frying thermometer. And is this thing bigger? And how much is a quart? And, you know, and and you, you're you not going to have the great time that you're trying to have. You don't want to be standing over hot oil, yep. making hot chicken for the first time <laughs> while there's like 14 people out there waiting to like crack jokes and criticize it. So <laughs> That's a good point, too. <laughs> you know, my point, my idea is... You make a hot coating. Okay. Okay, like, I don't know if you've ever, if you ever actually investigate what's in hot wing sauce, but it's basically like um, Frank's Red Hot and butter, all right? Okay. That's, That's part it. of why wings are not good for you, even though, like, chicken's supposed to be good for you. Like, it's basically Frank's Red Hot and butter, and that's it. So... I've had good success baking wings in the past, and okay. depending on how, like, uh, you know, how anal you want to get about them, you can put them up on a rack or you can like try and get into different ways to like get the air circulating all the way around it so that it doesn't have that one like wet side and then that one crispy side. Yeah. But like the people that you're watching this game with, chances are they need a mama Celeste pizza with you at midnight and think it's the best thing ever. So let's not overthink it. You take the same baking sheet. You got to get big baking sheets. If you got like a thin one that's crappy and really small, you you got to get rid of it because it's going to change your it's going to change your kitchen to get like these standardized double insulated aluminum baking sheets that you know they have like quarter pan half pan and they've got the smaller ones you can like slide in a toaster oven and they're double insulated they conduct heat really evenly and they're super big working surfaces so you can have your food roast or or bake yep. without touching each other you don't want it to touch while it's cooking because then it gets wet and the water gets together and it steams and nobody likes steamed anything unless you're specifically trying to have steamed whatever. Right. You, you want only steam when you're trying to be healthy. To be crispy. You want your French fries that you make in the oven to be as crispy as the stuff that you fry in beef fat, but you're not going to get it that way unless you get you know you get real dialed into the technique. But just take your chicken, your chicken wings, go to the butcher. 
have them cut it up for you, get the wing tips taken out of there, lay them all out on a baking sheet so that they're not touching each other, yep. salt and pepper them on both sides, put them on the baking sheet, and bake them for like 20 minutes on like 425 even 400, whatever. What you're just trying to do is get the internal temperature of the chicken up so that it's like almost safe to eat. And you got to work <laughs> around the bones and everything because yeah. the bones are like, you know, like I think like a, a you know, chicken, dark meat on a chicken is like a hundred and uh, I think it needs to be like 170 degrees, maybe 165 degrees internally. So you're cooking for like 20 minutes on a high heat, like 400. So it crisps a little bit, but it's not like cooking the outside too fast. It's cooking the inside, too. It's heating up those bones. It's cooking the beef, the meat inside. And then you throw it under your broiler. You take them, you flip them over, or even just leave them, and put them under your broiler for, like, five minutes on, like, super high heat. Keep looking at it because everyone's got a different broiler, and you might burn the house down. <laughs> like, if you walk away and all your wings light on fire. That's on you, brother. Yeah. That skin. It's going to be a big It's going to be a big fire, you know. Yeah. So, like, keep an eye on your broiler unless you know it really well. But put it under there for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes to get the crispy edges and the and the crispy semi fried ish rendered fat chicken wings that we all like. Yeah. And meanwhile, like you got a bowl, you got like one of those big like you know stainless steel mixing bowls that everyone's got, and you you, you put in some melted butter and you add like a bunch of cayenne pepper. Like I mean, like if you're making wings, for, you should make. You should put in like a, a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, like per, you know, I, I don't know, ten wings or whatever, you know. Okay. Start with that. It's gonna be hot, you know. But then throw in some brown sugar, salt and pepper, some paprika just for some more red and a little bit of that flavor, and garlic powder just because it's yummy. And you mix it all up, and so all the the, the butter and the and the spices are mixed together and it's actually like kind of like a sauce and emulsifies a little bit and then you throw in your hot wings into that that are coming out of the broiler white hot and you toss them in that sauce nice and then put them on a platter and you're done time it out so like you know like 45 minutes before the game you get it going into the oven then in the broiler or have it set up like during halftime. You run out in the second quarter. You get the oven preheated. Don't be screwing around. Turn the oven on like right as you put the chicken. And you're gonna screw it up. Okay? <laughs> Preheat your ovens. All right. And, and and try and time it. Like you know, you figure you give yourself like 30, 40 minutes to actually get the food out because you don't want to be putting it out at two hundred degrees either. You want to have it all sitting together and let those flavors come together. Let the meat rest and the juices like reabsorb back into the meat a little bit. And so give yourself like a 30, 40 minute lead time and have like a nice spatula so you, because some of the chicken's going to stick to the bottom of that pan. Yeah, you want to get that off. you don't want to lose all that fat and stuff and figure it out too late and you've already ripped off like half of the skin on like six wings, you know, like have the spatula ready or the, the fish turner, a real thin metal spatula will do it. And then you got hot chicken wings. And you can explain the Tennessee connection. Nobody really cares anyway. They just want the damn wings, yeah. Yeah, they want the wings, and they'd be super spicy. And, you know, put blue cheese in your ranch or whatever you want, because there are still wings. And and everyone's going to love it. Oh, that sounds good. Even though we're rooting for the other team, I'm kind of rooting for that dish. Uh, what are you thinking for teams we're rooting for? The Patriots, 
A lot of options for New England. What are you going with? You know how, like, when you go into, like, any, like, average crappy grocery store, like, your standard level, like, consumer-level grocery store, like, what we grew up with, like, Shaw's or Big D or Price Chopper, or out here in California, it's Ralph's, and there's whatever. Absolutely. Here, get the Harris Teeter here, yeah. Or French bread that comes out of their bakery every day. Yes. It's kind of warm every day. And it's pretty good as long as you don't let it, like, sit for a day or two. Yes. Get your favorite one of those. If it's super bready, like in the crumb, scoop, you know, wash your hands real nice and scoop out some of the crumb from underneath the crust and make yourself a good old fashioned Italian party grinder. Ooh, okay. Okay. And what's the, what's the key to the Italian grinder? Think of the Italian grinder right now in your head. And for anybody that doesn't know, Italian grinder is an Italian sub or an Italian hoagie. And basically it's just Italian meats on a sub roll. But in New England, what makes a grinder different from a sub? Do you know? You ever think about this? Well, I, as soon as you say it, I'm going to feel good about it, but I'm not going to be able to articulate it in real time. So that's why you're the maestro. It's it's a it's like a red wine, vinegar, and olive Ooh, oil mix yeah, with yeah. oregano. Yeah, the oregano. It's provolone cheese, only provolone. <laughs> it's iceberg lettuce, only iceberg. And it's like three meats. Usually a spicy one like a capicola. Or like a, you know, you can even do pepperoni. Pepperoni sometimes, tough salami, and like, yeah. You you gotta have the mortadella. The mortadella. This is like a Subway commercial now. Hey, Capricola. Fancy bologna. Yeah. It's like it's a nice, like, kind of neutral. It's got a nice texture that kind of becomes a like a gummy paste, which is yummy. And then you gotta have the, um, you gotta have like the salami or the sopracetta. Or something that's like a like a cured. This is why it's just maybe not doing pepperoni because you're going to do sulfurset or or salami. Sure. A nice salami though, not the stuff that they serve. You know, like in Montreal on like English muffins and call it famous. Like get like a nice <laughs> salami. But the biggest thing about all these meats and the provolone is you got to get sliced really thin, like paper thin, almost shaved. Like just tell them like I almost want you to shave it like one click above shave. And then you have these really thin slices that, like, instead of becoming this, like, meat glob, yep. it's this nice level of, you know, meat and cheese progression. You got the acidity of the red wine vinegar and the olive oil. You got the pop of the, the dried oregano herbs. You got the crispy, watery content of the iceberg lettuce, preferably shredded. Chop it up yourself. Don't be scared. Throw away the big chunks. Don't even bother trying to chop it up. You got so much iceberg glass out of one head of those things. You're never going to go through it all unless you got like 40 people over there eating. That's right. And and just the big thing is like, don't pick bad bread. Don't pick. Well, the bread really. Bread. I mean, I don't want to say anything makes it, but the bread really sends it over the top if you do it right. It's a sandwich. It's mostly bread. Yeah. And, and, and I crave that Italian grinder. And you know, like I, I'm not a big fan of chain restaurants. Most of us aren't. But, like, sometimes I'll go to Jersey Mike's yeah. because they have that, like, treatment they throw on those sandwiches with the, with the vinegar and the oil and the salt and the pepper. That's the other thing. Do salt and pepper and oregano. Don't just do oregano. Salt, yeah. pepper, oregano, yes. olive oil, and red wine and vinegar. And don't be shy. And um, that'll make one half of the bread uh, wet, saturated yep. from that. And then the other half is maybe the half that you scooped up some of the crumb if it's one of those, like, standard grocery store ones. It's just too bready. Yeah, and, and and use toothpicks to cut it into like two inch slices, because otherwise you're gonna put everyone in a coma with like you know nitrates and stuff. And 
and you got your party sub. So now you lay out your your Nashville hot chicken wings, yep. which everyone's gonna devour, and you got your like you know inch and a half, two inch slices of your Italian party sub. Oh goodness gracious! And there's there's your you can make the sandwich before the game even starts. Yeah, just let it there. Let it sit there. Absolutely. Just don't let it sit in the fridge for so long that it becomes too cold. Yeah, it can't wilt. And don't let it sit out on the counter so long that it becomes like warm and slimy. Right. It's a very very specific temperature uh, in which I'd the say sandwich. Pull it out of the fridge right when you're like halfway through the wings and yeah. let that come to room temperature. Which will be nice too because you, the wings are so hot and even though the food will be room temperature, it'll feel so chilly. It'll be nice. Dude, dude, you know, I know we're talking about making our own food here, but uh, when I used to live on Main Street in Worcester above Scarlett O'Hara's, there was a place called Fantastic Pizza. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not going to lie, those guys made what I think it was the best Italian grinder in all of New England. Uh, that's my take. Do you have a, do you have a favorite grinder from Worcester that you want to call back for the folks? Well, I mean, Elsa's Bushel and Peck. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! That's a veteran I mean, call right there, dude. Uh, grinder. Yes. But, you know, like Elsa's. I, I got a friend who's from Long Island. He's got he's got the accent. Long Island. He's Italian. He he went to Italy, you know, to see his where he came from. The he's old in country. Rome, and, and he asked for you know the Italians are very particular about their food. And he asked for like three meats on a sandwich. And the man uh, spoke a little bit of English. And he's like, are you telling me that you want more than one meat on your sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) They don't do it like that over there. No, but that's how Johnny tells it. Johnny, anyways, uh, eventually gave in. You know, Long Island, Italian, New Yorkers love admitting that they're wrong of course but eventually italy beat him into the way that they do in italy it's just one meat one cheese olive oil amazing bread and the bread and the bread makes it no question all right well i love that pairing i love that pairing uh who's winning the game i mean if new england doesn't win it's it's, it's a darn it's darn travesty it's be, uh, new england tennessee's terrible i'm personally offended by tennessee <laughs> marco murray i've got I had, I had uh, um, um, Eric Decker. I had Henry because I was trying to figure out what was going on with Murray and Henry and who's really going to get the ball. And every week I'd like pay attention to that team's offense and they, they offend me. They're disgusting. <laughs> I find them like nauseating. They're boring. I thought Mariota might be a little exciting. He's not. Their defense is good. They've got a great punter, according to Bill Belichick. They're not a great football team. They had a great game against Kansas City, but who is more prone to vomit on their own sweater than Andy Reid and Alex Smith? And I'm an Alex Smith apologist. Yep, you are. But honestly, those guys both are terrible. I think Andy Reid, I nearly saw him poop his pants on TV because he realized (laughs) he had three timeouts at the end of the game. He didn't even know what to do with all three, you know. And He's amazing. Some games he needs four. They're in New England. I got my misgivings and concerns about the New England's chances this year, but part of the reason why I, I soothe myself to sleep at night is because a lot of the other teams they're competing with are terrible, and Tennessee is one of those teams. That's fair. That's fair. So they have to beat them. Yeah. And if they don't, and it's a bigger problem. I'm going to have to talk to idiots all the time for the next like, six months about the Patriots. I don't want to do that. Right. So let's hope they take care of business for you. Um, let's move on to the, the great state of Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. They're hosting the Saints in the Dome in Minnesota, which will be the site of the Super Bowl this year. 
Uh, you want to start with the Saints or you want to start with the Vikings in terms of what, whose food you're going with first? Well, the weird thing about Minnesota is Minnesota's got <coughs> Minnesota's a cold weather city. Yep. I mean, really cold. Like the you know? coldest. Like how many like yeah, like like Norway cold? You know? Yeah. Like, it's it's like. It's dark. Like it makes Massachusetts look like temperate. Dude, sometimes. it's it's like you know? north of Chicago. <laughs> you know, right. like it's it's it, yeah, like and it's in the middle of the continent. Yeah, so there's no it's relief from the ocean. There's no mountains to shield it. It just gets crushed with wind and ice. Cold weather states, countries, cities. They don't have like they tend to um, lack like signature delicious dishes yeah it's more like survival food right prolific cities like uh you know montreal was a prolific town for food and you know like i mean like iceland's got like you know their big one that everyone talks about is fermented shark you know like well if you're gonna do it do it fermented style you know what i mean there, there's just not a lot of great food coming out of those climates because they don't have fresh food all year right. by the way that it, things used to be before you had refrigeration, you know, really sorry. efficient transportation and refrigeration where you can actually have an orange in January right. in Minnesota and it's still it's actually delicious and ripe. Right. You know, like that that time before before the modern times is when all these dishes came to prowess. But Minnesota's got a dish that has come up before on this podcast called the hot dish yeah now full full disclosure i have yet to make a pot dish but i think we've all wished that we've eaten a hot dish okay a hot dish in its most purest form and i'm gonna bastardize a little bit because i just can't stand to just put it out pure but it's a pound of ground beef browned with yep. salt and pepper okay you take a can of cream of mushroom soup and lay it on there okay and then you take a layer of tater tots oh. and you cover it in tater tots and then you bake it like a casserole until the tater tots are brown and crispy on the top. Wow. That is a heart attack now, in, a, in a bowl, man. But if it's negative 17 for the fourth day in a row. Comfort food. Who's not happy to eat something like that? Oh, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a gift from the baby, the baby lord himself. Six pounds, ten ounces, you know what I mean? When I say that I'm going to make it fancy, I'm not going to tell you to make a bechamel sauce instead of your cream of mushroom or even a white gravy unless you're comfortable doing it. Okay. I'm talking about just just saute a shallot and like – or a shallot. If you don't have shallots, just do like a small like yellow onion or something with it just to give a little bit of that like onion aromatics in it. And right at the end when you're almost done – Throw in some uh, some chopped garlic or something. Sounds lovely, you know. Maybe spice it with like pick an herb. I don't know. Pick something that tastes kind of like musky, like a little bit of sage or something. Ooh, sage. And, and here's a note on browning meat. Don't. This is this is on the same theme as like spreading your your baking dish out thin so your food's not all touching and laying on top of each other. Yep. When you brown meat. <coughs> Lay it out flat and chop it up a bunch on the on the hot skillet with the with the oil in there. It's hot. Yep. And leave it until you've actually browned a side of it, and you got a little crispy on the edges and everything. And then you flip it over, and you can basically turn the pan off at that point because the residual heat of the beef and the pan are going to cook the other side. 
just takes care of itself, yeah. But you actually have one side of it that's been crisped, and you've got, like, the crispy edges and peaks and stuff because it's been cooking directly on the pan almost all the way through. Nice. So don't do, like, what we all did when we first started cooking or what we all do because we got other things going on and we can't try to become the best home cook in the neighborhood. Don't move it all around and basically steam in its own juices. Actually fry one side of it in some hot, a little bit of hot oil so that it, so that it crisps up, and then flip it over, turn the heat off, and now your hamburger is done. Boom. I like it. That's a good hot dish, man. That, that's a nice call for them. And then New Orleans, obviously, is the polar opposite in terms of uh, culinary offerings. So what are you going to pick for that pairing? Because uh, so many choices coming straight out of NOLA. Yeah, and, and I, it's almost intimidating. Yeah, and right? And it's like you could go as hipster as you want. Like I could be like, well, you know, first you have to make a roux. And then, of course, you have to bring in, you know, your only this seasoning. You have to get at this kind of shop. We're not going to do that. We're going to make beignets. We're never going to make our own dough. This is a total cheat that I've got. You buy some biscuits that come in the tube that pops. Yeah. You roll them out a little flat with the palm of your hand or a wine bottle or a rolling pin or whatever you want. You cut them into four um, to four, like, rounded triangles. And you've got, like, some peanut oil or canola oil. That's um, getting pretty hot and like medium high in like a Dutch oven or a, or a deep, you know, a deep pot. And Dutch oven. Throw like throw like a, a little piece of the biscuit dough in the uh, into the water or oil water. Sorry, into the oil. Yeah. And when it starts to bubble and when it starts to fry, then you know the oil is hot enough if you don't have a frying thermometer. And you gotta just make sure you don't like it too hot. That's a big thing with frying stuff. Is if you like it too hot, it's gonna kind of make it. Less than perfect, but whatever. If you've never done it before, you'll learn, and the next time you do, even better. But you throw in you throw in the the little wedges of the biscuit dough into the um, hot oil, and you do one side until it's golden brown. You flip it; it, get, it puffs all out on itself. You get the other side golden brown. You toss it into a bowl that's got like confectioner sugar and cinnamon on it, and you toss it up and you hand it to your guests. Oof! All right. You can go fancy with it. You can try and pipe in like jam with like a corner of a Ziploc bag or whatever. Or you just hand them that. And most people I know, they prefer it just like that. You're handing you're hand out hot donuts. Everybody likes donuts. Everyone loves hot donuts. And it's just confectioner sugar and cinnamon. And that's it. And you don't even have to make your own dough. You just buy the biscuit tin. Buying one of those tubes, you figure you get like 10 biscuits out of one of those. So you're getting like... 30, 40 uh, beignets out of it. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of beignets. But, and, you know, you got the hot dish, so people are going to be full, but they're going to want a little sweet treat, you know? Right. I'd say put the hot dish out. You know, by the way, the hot dish is a casserole. You cook it for like 30, 45 minutes at like 400 degrees, and it'll get where you got to go. But you have the hot dish going so that it comes out of the oven right when the game starts. And then maybe, like, you know, you duck into a commercial break or two, you get your beignet stuff all ready to go. And when you hit halftime, you got your beignets out. Oh, you serve man. those things hot. You sit down. You watch the rest of the game. You clean up later. Food coma, no doubt. That is definitely the most food coma peer pairing of the whole the whole thing so far. But I think so. I do agree. And you know what's coming next, and I don't. But if any cities would have a shot at food comering you, it would be the combination of Atlanta and Philadelphia because. Uh, you know, those cities know how to party too. But anyway, really good dessert for a really good hot dish. I like it a ton. Last game of the weekend, Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Atlanta Falcons. 
Uh, what are you doing there, JJ? Well, like, to, you know, the steak and cheese is kind of too... Too obvious. obvious. Right, you know. But, you know, it's kind of hard to avoid. Yeah. So, here's my idea. You make, like, uh, Philly cheese nachos. You oh. Take the same type of sheet pan that... Um, you know, I'm talking about buying for the um, for the wings or for the roasted, you know, shrimp and whatever. These big, nice sheet pan. Okay. You lay out a single layer of tortilla chips. You go, you know, you do like a layer of like, you know, there's pre-shredded cheddar. Maybe glop some like that, you know, some cheese whizzy stuff on it. Um, take some roast beef from the deli market. Take some, you know, some peppers and onions. Oh, yeah. If you, you want to step it up. Uh, soften your peppers and onions in like a, in a frying pan or skillet before you um, sprinkle it on the nachos. Okay. Because it's not, it's not going to be enough heat for long enough yep. to cook the peppers and onions. Or just throw it on there. And, you know, you go as decadent as you want. You want to do like true Philly steak and cheese nachos, we'll put a bunch of beef on it and put a bunch of cheese. If you just want like some elements of it, then do that too. If you have a personal preference, like you lived in Philly, so you probably know, like you're a sauce, no sauce guy, white cheese whiz, this kind of, you know, like you, you know exactly what you like out of a Philly cheesesteak. Um, if you're one of those people, maybe you like sauce. You put a little bit of tomato sauce in there too. Sure, you know? sure. You know, one thing you could do. You mentioned the nachos, and you mentioned Philadelphia. Me living there, they've actually got this underrated sandwich in. Uh, it's it's roast pork. Uh, sharp provolone and um, broccoli rob, and I was reading about that today, and it's phenomenal. And, and frankly, whether you make you know little sliders of those, whether you go with a whole hoagie, or frankly, you could even pilot a little bit of your nacho idea, JJ, and just go wild. Any of that's sure. gonna, any of that's gonna work. Uh, yeah, not- that, that sandwich that came up unrelated to me looking into what to do for the show. I was just reading about that um, this afternoon, and. Um, it had my wheels turning. Not a bad idea either, because you can make pork shoulder yep. great for a game because you can put it in low and slow first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah. And that thing will keep all day. No you question. You want it to be disintegrating. You don't want to be, like, wondering if it is it going to cook, you know, pull all the way through or not. You want to just, you know, shred it. Basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you get, yeah, I think they do with it. I was reading, like, you do, like, a hot pepper, like a hot Italian pepper. Yep. And, um, and the broccoli rob, which your sandwich is... Interesting, but really got my wheels turning. Oh man, they're so good. It's a place called John's Rose Pork in South Philadelphia. It's open from six a.m. to two p.m. every day. Life changing, uh, life changing roast pork sandwich. The people I'm reading on the internet that are from Philly are like, "This is the best sandwich in Philly," but tourists are too stupid. No, to no out. question. It's 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 hundred percent true statement. So, 100% true statement that the Atlanta Falcons officially uh, crossed the threshold from being uh, underachievers to uh, potentially frisky in these playoffs. What do you got going for their staple food coming into this pairing with your uh, with your uh, cheesesteak nachos? It's the funny thing with uh, Atlanta is even though they're they're kind of the capital of the South a little bit, yeah, the Southeast certainly, um, and everybody's got their like signature food that they're known for. Atlanta is more just kind of like a conglomeration of Southern food. Yeah. And um, so, like, I was thinking, like, this gets into the pork shoulder idea. Do, like, a Coca-Cola slow cooker pork shoulder. Hmm. 
You know, like like season up a pork shoulder with salt and pepper and cumin and garlic powder and all that stuff, onion powder, whatever. Cook it in the um, get it in the slow cooker, like way ahead of time. Okay. Um, go on the internet, look up like pork shoulder slow cooker. They'll give you like a temp and a time. Pour in a can of Coca Cola because Atlanta Coca Cola, etc. And um, that'll all become part of the sauce, and it'll be sweet, but it'll be you know it'll be sharp and it'll be fatty and it'll be incredible. And <laughs> you've got Coca Cola pulled pork, yep. which then you know. If you are in a hurry because your team is about to play and you don't feel like dealing with people, you just lay out a loaf of bread and some pickles and some pulled pork and you say, make your own sandwiches. Good luck, chumps. The game's about to kick off. Like, Don't be worried about doing all this fancy presentation for your team's football game. That's right. Put the stuff in bowls, put it in platters, leave it in the crock pot, leave it in the kitchen. People are going to be hungry. They're going to find the food. Oh, no question. People people don't come over to your house for a four-hour football game and not, not know how to find the food. You know what I mean? That's why they're there, part of it. Yeah, right. They want Everybody eat. shows up with a bag of Tostitos. Yeah, but they're not trying to eat as much of those as they can eat whatever you're making, right? Exactly. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I didn't, uh, I didn't get your pick on, this, on the Minnesota-New Orleans game. What, what are you thinking for a winner there? You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by that game. Um, you know, I gotta go with the better quarterback. And that's Drew Brees. And, um, and, and New Orleans, and they're indoors that, too. You know, I mean, New Orleans yeah, bugaboo is being outdoors, outdoors, but they're playing in inside. Minnesota. Yeah, right. Yeah, and like, but the Minnesota crowd is hungry. Yeah, for sure. And you know, but like, New Orleans got a little bit of eye of the tiger in them, you know, and and. They've, they've, they've rallied, they were down, their fan base was down on them, and everybody was really predicted the worst for them. And they, you know, they got their butt kicked by the Patriots, and then they, um, they, they pull it together, and they've put together a great run. Yeah. And sometimes that can be more than, like, dominating all year. No and question. Minnesota's been kind of playing with house money. They didn't have to uh, face uh, healthy Aaron Rodgers down the stretch. Um Chicago sucks. Like Chicago, Chicago's really, 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 really bad. Horrible team. Fired um, their coach. Yep. Like they're they're not they're not a good football team. They they weren't they weren't facing much pressure from within. The Lions are proverbial eight and eights. You know. Yeah. Just, they're perennial eight and eights. Rather, they Lions fired stop. their coach too. I mean, no no question. <laughs> so they didn't have they didn't get tested in the gauntlet of the NFC North. They've they've played really well they've won with stuff that's kind of like momentum based like defense and special teams and running game that's all based on game conditions that you have to dictate and if you have the better quarterback you can break the shackles of a of a, of a crappy game and you can light somebody up for a touchdown on one throw yeah and change the entire game you don't yeah. have to earn it with like 23 yard plays you know that's right and the Vikings defense is good enough where they're not going to let you make 20 plays in a row. But like you said, if Drew Brees can make one check down, one hot read, and then one you know play action pass, that's, that's an 80-yard drive and three throws, and it's over. He just did it last week against Carolina. No Carolina question. had like a 13-play drive. I think they came up dry or the kicker missed the PAT or something. Yep. And, and Brees goes out there and he throws an 80, you know, he throws a, a check down that becomes an 80-yard touchdown. Right. Well, especially with the weapons he has. So... So are you going New Orleans there? Gun to your head, yeah. I'm going to New Orleans. Okay. You 
I, I like it. The road, the road, uh, the road experts. There, you know, the road. Well, Minnesota like proved something to me. Like you right. guys, you guys just got good. How right. good are you? Well, here's Minnesota's good. chance because if Minnesota wins this game, you know they're either going to host Atlanta and then potentially host the Super Bowl, or they're going to have to go to Philly and face Nick Foles as quarterback. So, you know. I, Kind of a pick'em game there in terms of quarterbacks and strong defenses. But anyway, like you like you said, if Minnesota wants some credit, let's get a win. Let's go to Philadelphia. Philadelphia outside against a dome team in Atlanta, but with a backup quarterback and Nick Foles. If they had if they had Carson Wentz, I'd be picking the Eagles to win the whole damn thing. But they don't. So who do you have in this one, buddy? I think that Atlanta's got got a little bit of dragon blood right now. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, they, the, the Super Bowl hangover lasted about 15 weeks, but we're now in week 20, and uh, I think they're fi- I think they're back. We we um, yeah, I mean they they were they got so abused after that, and they they looked so shell shocked, and then they they won the big games down the stretch, and then man, did they look good last week? Yeah, for sure. And they're not even winning with like. You know, super strong offense from their from their best. No, the D looks good, and the offense is making enough plays to win because they are super duper talented. If the defense that if the defense plays the way they did the first three and a half quarters in yeah. the Super Bowl, if they can maintain that for four quarters, no that one's, kind of intensity, no one's that kind them. of violence, yeah, they could be anyone because you know that that team could put up twenty five points in a game, right? Which is most likely all they need. You know, I mean. 20, 28 to three look pretty damn good. Or are we witnessing like a great tragedy of the Falcons just keep getting right? I mean, like Georgia just lost a national championship game by yeah. the air. The Falcons might go and like do the two thousand three Red Sox routine to their fans, or they finally they believe we believe we believe, and then boom. Oh, uh, you know what oh I just thought God, of too. Yeah, you know who I just thought of is um. You know, the 1990s Buffalo Bills fans who, I mean, four straight dances, four straight, uh, they didn't get the rose, the bachelor party, if you know what I mean. You know, they yeah, yeah. they were not picked as the bachelorette or bachelor, depending on and which version you like. They jump through burning tables and like, just, that's cool. They, they do it just on principle. And then if they win the game, even better. And if they go to the playoffs, they send free chicken wings to the Bengals. <laughs> which, Speaking of hot wings. Great story. Love that. Yeah. Love how the wings end up actually going towards, like, a cause. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Love the camaraderie. I also saw a tweet from a guy who I can't quote. His, I can't give you his name, but he uh, he said, like, of course the uh, Bills lost in the playoffs. No team led to the playoffs by Andy Dalton can win a playoff game. Huh. Huh. They're, they're brothers in losing football games, those, those two franchises. They certainly are, and they both have had, a, like, like, the Browns are a moribund, deplorable organization. They can't get out of their own way. Uh, the, the Bengals and the Bills have done, the Bills more so, have done just enough every once in a while that their fans think that there might still be a chance, and that's probably the saddest part. Um, it's how I used to feel about, say, the Bruins, who were not cursed, but also were not really doing what it took to ever get out of the first round of the playoffs when we were children, you know? Sure. Uh, and they eventually got to the mountaintop once, and now they're kind of back to being a good, not great team. Uh, Bengals and Bills are usually mediocre to good uh, or, or below average. They're not, they're not usually very ever terrible. They've had At least some... the Bengals have been compelling the last 10 years. No question. I mean, the Mar- Bills are not compelling. No, no, but they're they're, they're more interesting. interesting now. They're more interesting now, but, but that doesn't mean they're interesting. They're not interesting, though. No, like, no, no. Taylor's not, he's not moving the needle. 
he's not even moving the ball. <laughs> the the no like like they're just not they're they're just not a good football team. They're not a great football team. They fell into the Miami Dolphin honorary yep. random AFC East playoff berth, you know, berth. It's uh it just fell into it. Well, uh, what I, I found was coach, amazing. I feel like that coach sounds the right way. He talks the right yeah. way. He got the guys to not like, you know, like throw their brains at Rob Gronkowski's knee ligaments for that WWE Three Stooges movie pulled. And I <laughs> like that he's got that locker room all pulling in the right direction. But um, I just don't think they're talented enough, and they're not smart enough to make up for that talent gap. Right, know? right, and that's why they're sitting at home with us this weekend watching the games. Um, so let's 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 review. We got great food. We got great picks. We got man cook good. Jeremy Johnson at man cook good on the Instagram. Which, folks, it'll make you hungry and it'll teach you a few things. Uh, I mean, what a way to do it! Because the last thing you want, everybody, the last thing you want is to be watching your game through the picture frame backwards because you're slaving over a hot stove. JJ gave you some good stuff there. And for gosh sakes, everybody, please go to iTunes, subscribe to the Filibuster Freestyle, leave us a review. That way your friends and your foes can find it, and we appreciate that because we're doing callbacks from, like, you know, Vegas trips and stuff. And, and you know, the more people who actually follow the Instagram and who uh, listen to the show, the more people get the jokes, which is a nice thing, too. Uh, JJ, where are you watching the game? Your house? Haven't decided yet. I have a six-month-old, very fluid situation. Very fluid indeed. Well, I'm going to be in New York City, uh, and I'm going to watch the Patriots. New York City? Yep. Pace Picante, notwithstanding. <laughs> Hashtag Pace Picante callback, baby. Woo! That's the unofficial sponsor of the week, Pace Picante. And uh, fake band name of the week is Hot Dish. But, uh, JJ, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Everybody else, thank you for listening. Best of luck to your respective teams. And hopefully uh, the next time I'm on the pod, the Patriots are still on the dance. JJ, thanks for being on, buddy.